0: Hey, what's going on, who that nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about the New Orleans Saints as a team, organization, and mother loving crew. That's right. We're going to be talking about the New Orleans Saints and asking or answering the question whether are the Saints still a Super Bowl contender? And this is coming from a conversation uh, that was had on ESPN's Get Up, Uh, Marcus Spears. A lot of people know Marcus Spears, former LSU Tiger, now a contributor on ESPN. You know, and he said that the Saints are still a a playoff team, Um, you know, with Jameis Winston as the quarterback of the Saints and also the fact that Drew Brees has retired. He still sees the Saints as a playoff contender. And that's cool. You know what I'm saying? That's cool and all. You know, I mean, playoffs that's fine you know i mean for the last couple of years we went to the playoffs i mean we okay with that but we want to answer the real question are the saints a super bowl contender do the saints have what it takes with what they have right now to be able to get to the big game and you know me being a host of the state of the saints podcast you know i, I try to be a, as as real as i possibly can i, I don't try to sugarcoat anything you know and there's nothing about this New Orleans Saints team that tells me that this team can't make it to the Super Bowl. You know, I just think that we have adjusted our minds so much and not just Saints fans, but but just members of the media. We, they, we have adjusted our minds to the fact that we just feel like if Drew Brees is not nowhere in the vicinity, then we are hopeless. You know, rather, you know, saying that's the, the case or not. You know, I mean, I think people look at, the Saints back in the day and they look at this as being a snake bitten franchise that didn't win much they didn't win a lot of games they didn't win anything that was meaningful and they haven't done anything until 2006 when Drew Brees got here so now all of a sudden everybody just connects everything that resembles success to Drew Brees but I've been telling everybody for the last couple episodes that if you are not looking at this team and what they have assembled over the last three to four years, then you're doing yourself a disservice. And to me, I don't blame the national media because I don't feel like they do their due diligence when it comes to learning about the New Orleans Saints. But I do blame some of you Saints fans that are still out here making it seem like this team is hopeless without Drew. Because if you're a real true Saints fan and you have really been doing your due diligence, you will see that this is a really good football team. So for those people that are out there saying that the Saints are going to be a failure or the Saints can't win with Jameis or they can't win with Taysom, I would say shame on you. And where, where's your loyalty? You know what I'm saying? And what the hell have you been watching? That's what I would tell a Saints fan. Because there are a lot of Saints fans that come uh, on the State of the Saints podcast, social media page. They, they inbox me. They email me. They start talking about, I don't know about Jameis. I don't know about Taysom. We about to go back to the dark ages. I'm like, what the hell are you watching? What are you watching? What I'm watching is a team that defensively get better every single year. What I see is a lot of young talent stepping up in games. I don't see a a team that's getting blown out the water. I don't see a team that, that gives up in the middle of a game. What I see is a team collectively playing for the next person, for the person on the side of them. a a team that with players that have respect for themselves and want to be great. I I just don't get it. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. I I don't know why people just automatically just think that, you know, and and I get it. You know, you got people that are fans of other teams in a division. Okay, fine. You know, they've been waiting on this day. They've been waiting on this day for a long time because the saints been smacking their team around over the last 15 years with Drew Brees as quarterback. You know, that I mean, that's just what it is. So they've been waiting on this day. I've been hearing it so much. Man, Drew gone, what y'all going to do now? Win. When? <laughs> when that's what they're going to do, in my opinion. Look, I understand what Drew Brees meant to the team, but Drew Brees wasn't the whole team. And some of us don't want to have this conversation, but I can honestly make an argument to say that Drew Brees held the Saints back for the last couple of years. I can make an argument for that. We don't want to talk about it. We we always want to fight about it. Anytime somebody say anything negatively about Drew Brees, all of a sudden, no, no, nah, bro, Drew, nah, bro. I can make an argument to say that Drew Brees held this team back for the last couple years, you know, by not having that arm strength, by not being able to get the ball down the field, by not being able to stretch the field. And teams knew that the Saints were pretty predictable. And because of Drew Brees' limitations, it made the team – one sided, like if if a game was tied or it was down by 10, they can't go for a kill shot. They got a nickel and diamond down the field because teams know that man, I ain't gotta play far because I know this ball ain't going over my head. Now you have two quarterbacks that are capable of doing that, and that scares the hell out of other teams. I mean, that's just a fact. Anytime, uh, a, a, anytime an opponent goes and says, you know that we were hoping that drew plays instead of Taysom or jamis that tells you everything you need to know now think about this now when an opponent tells you oh man i was hoping that drew plays because if if jamis played or Taysom played then we would be in trouble because now we have to account for the fact that they can roll out of the pocket but drew he stands there I mean, nobody wants to have that conversation, which, quite frankly, I don't care. I mean, look, you can be as delusional as you want to, but the fact remains the same. For the last couple of years, Drew Brees has not been the Drew Brees that has kept us in games. Drew Brees has not been the same person that can go out there and throw for 5,000 yards. Drew Brees was a great game manager. He was still a great quarterback. But towards the end of his career, he was just making it off namesake alone. I'm, I'm sorry, Right. It, it, you reach a certain point of your career where you, you legitimize yourself and it's almost like you know nobody is going to say anything bad about you because at this particular time, you're giving it the old college try. But when you look at some of these other guys that can come in, like Jameis, that can throw the ball down the field, Taysom throw the ball down the field, Taysom them, who can run out of the pocket and scramble and move, that scares the hell out of teams. It's the reason why people stay up at night trying to scheme for a guy like Taysom Hill, you know, because those few plays that he has in the game can be disruptors. And I agree with a lot of people. If Taysom Hill probably would have played in a game uh, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it might've been a different story. Not to say that Taysom would have led the Saints to victory, but those few plays that he have could have been game changers and it could have confused the hell out of that defense. And it could have just been that little bit of oomph that the Saints needed in order for them to push where they needed to be. See, what people don't want to tell you is the touchdown that the Saints had was thrown by somebody that wasn't named Drew Reeves. It was Jameis Winston. When Jameis Winston came in the game, if you noticed that the play was successful, because at the end of the day, nobody expected for the ball to go down the field. And that was because of the game plan that they had for Drew. I mean, there's no knock on Drew at all. But at the same time, we just got to be real with ourselves. But are the Saints a, a legit Super Bowl contender? Absolutely. Because when I look at Super Bowl contenders, I look around the franchise, I look around the organization, the first thing that I look at is leadership. If you look at the New Orleans Saints, there's leaders all around. Okay, that there, There's not a, a, a drop off tremendously when it comes to leadership. You still have Cam Jordan, who has been on the team since 2011. You got Demario Davis, who's a, a real true leader. You got Malcolm Jenkins, who's in his second stint uh, as a as a, a New Orleans Saint and is a leader, not only uh, on the Saints team, but the NFL as a whole being a part of the Players Association. You got Teron Armstead that's still out there. So you still got leaders that can rally and galvanize guys. And you still got a coaching staff that can put these guys in a position to succeed. When I look at guys and I look at interviews like C.J. Gardner johnson when you're seeing him dissecting the field and you can feel that passion coming off that screen, you know what I'm saying, when you're listening to this guy. And guy going into his third season, you're like, man, he gets it. He understands it. When you see other guys that are starting to step up and you're starting to see these guys starting to get in the light, starting to turn on, you start to get excited as a Saints fan to see what the next step is going to be for these guys. So like I said, if you're still talking about Drew Brees being gone, if you're still talking about, oh, the Saints are going to be hopeless, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice as a fan if you're not taking the time to look at this team. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I don't blame the national media because the national media, in my opinion, they don't care that much about the New Orleans Saints. They they don't really care about the New Orleans Saints. They follow controversy. Or they follow what they feel like is going to create ratings for them. What what creates ratings? A quarterback controversy, right? So that's why the the topic of conversation is Taysom versus James. But they're talking about the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. That's where they spend most of their time because that's where their bread is buttered. I come on here from time to time and I talk to y'all about the Nielsen ratings. The Nielsen ratings are the, the thing that drives these shows because every quarter or every week we're depending on a network or depending on a station they want a certain demographic they want a certain number and they start to look at things and they start doing analytics and they say what works for us that's what they're focused on folks so when we look at television and we scowl and we get mad because espn doesn't want to give the saints credit or fox sports one don't want to get a saint's credit or the topic of conversation is about the Saints, but it's transitions to something about the Cowboys or Aaron Rodgers. They do that because they want to continue to keep that focus on that particular topic in order to create ratings. So stop looking for the national media to give the saints any type of credit because they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. So that I mean that's just the way that's the way I look at it. But thank you all so much for checking out State of the Saints podcast. Uh want to wish uh jerry uh happy birthday uh happy birthday to you man uh god bless you uh hope you see many more my friend thank you so much and uh everybody know jerry in here man jerry uh avid listener of saints content especially here on the state of the saints podcast we dubbed him the og of the state of saints podcast a long time ago so happy birthday to you man hope you have many many more Uh, We're gonna go ahead and start we're gonna go ahead and and start with Terrence Terrence says Taysom Hill will lead the Saints to the Super Bowl and will become a folklore hero similar to Joe Namath well Terrence I mean that's a that's a bold statement that you're making right there my friend Uh, but you're entitled to your opinion you know I mean we don't know what this this competition is going to lead to we don't know man but um, whoever it is I, I mean at this point whoever it is I just hope that they can sustain success this season and And also beyond, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for both guys. You know, I, I don't really, I don't really have a a dog in a fight, so to speak. I I really don't sit here and, you know, just be like, okay, you know, I hope like he, he becomes the quarterback. I have, I have my reservations about who I feel gonna be the quarterback, but whoever it is, I just hope that they can win some football games. That's why this team is not the same without Taysom. Well. I mean, look, I, I I feel this way. Here, here's the here's the reality of it. All right, there's a difference between a few plays, and then you come into the game that a team is not prepared for. Because let's put this thing into perspective, Clay. And and I'm not trying to like when I when I say these things, I want to make this clear because I know a lot of people may feel like I'm trying to like knock their their point of view. Please don't take this the wrong way. Sometimes when I see things the opposite of a person, I'm just trying to help you understand where I'm coming from, all right? So I'm not knocking anybody. But back to this Taysom statement. There's a difference between a few plays coming into the game where teams are not prepared for, right? Because you got to think about it. When a team is going against the, the opponent, they're scheming for one quarterback all week long, right? They're not really focused on three or four plays that involve somebody else or a trick play. They're not not focused on that, okay? They're focused on that particular quarterback that is going to take the majority of the snaps, which is Drew. So when Taysom comes into the game, yes, there are a lot of plays that they aren't prepared for because if you got like three, four plays in a playbook, you know what I'm saying? They probably, you know, who knows? You know what I'm saying? They probably go to play number 19 that they have that involve Taysom. But maybe that team only seen three or four, only practiced for one or two. So when he comes in they're not really fully prepared for what's about to come to him. There's a difference between that and being the every down quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Now, am I saying that Taysom is going to fail as an every down quarterback? No. What I'm saying is there is a difference. When Drew was in the game, right? They they are scheming for Drew, not Taysom. So when Taysom comes out there and he trots out there, they're not they don't know what's coming at him. They don't know. So Yes. Do I feel like he could have been a factor? Absolutely. Because Tampa wouldn't have been prepared fully for Taysom, the way that they 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 prepared and schemed for Drew. So having that extra element on the field would have been beneficial. It's kind of like what happened, you know, on Sunday night football when they played Tampa. I mean, Taysom kind of ran wild in that game because they weren't prepared for him. I mean, so those few plays could have been the plays that actually got the, the the Saints over the hump because, I mean, it was a pretty nip-and-tuck game. You know, it wasn't like teams, like, it wasn't like both teams were, like, dominating one another. It was just considering a lot of turnovers. Uh, You know, I mean, the the defense was just putting in some tough spots, which caused Tampa to score. But having Taysom out there for those few plays could have been that, that, that oomph that they needed in order for them to get over the hump. But it's a difference between being an every-down quarterback and having a few plays in a playbook. Might not be able to get the results that you want when you're snapping a ball every down. But I could be wrong. Rudy says Drew shoulder was on borrowed time after the 2016 season. Yeah, I mean, Drew even talked about retiring around that year, you know, around that time. He was thinking about retiring until the 2017 season. He felt like he had that shot in the arm and he started to see younger guys come in and he's seen like the the family atmosphere that was created in the locker room and it made him want to continue to play which I can understand it I mean because at that particular time before 2017 there were a lot of bad apples inside of the locker room and Drew was kind of over it so Tyra says what up TJ I agree Drew could not throw the ball past 10 yards what can uh, we can now open up the offense playbook now with Winston uh, he just has to limit his turnovers and we will be fine Tyra, I agree. Um, look, I anybody that thinks that Jameis is gonna get 30 interceptions this season, I mean, you're sadly mistaken. I I can't see Jameis Winston uh throwing 30 interceptions. I, I don't feel like the way the Saints are going to uh structure their offense is gonna be possible. Now, now maybe like 12 to 15 interceptions, fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the 12 to 15 interceptions. That ain't too bad. You know what I'm saying? But I don't expect for him to throw 30 interceptions. I think that's what people are looking for. There are a lot of elements to the Saints offense that won't allow him to do what he did in Tampa. Tampa was a throw-oriented team. They threw the ball all over the place. Seven-step drop, five-step drops, very little running plays in between, very little screen passes in between. I mean, not a really good offensive line. So now you have other elements around Jameis where he can excel he can excel because you actually have the talent around him in order for him not to think so much to for him not to just continue to make that kill shot you don't have a you don't have a coach in your ear that's wanting you to push the ball down the field you have a coach that's telling you okay you know if if it's not there get the check down to Kamara get the check down to Latavius or get the check down to the to the fullback or the tight end you have that element and he doesn't have to just push the envelope the way that Bruce Arians wanted him to push the envelope as a quarterback. So it, it there's a difference. And if you're looking for that, then I feel like you came to the wrong place. I mean, to me, him having <clears throat> 30 interceptions is like a failure as a, you know, I feel like Sean will look at that as him being a failure as a coach. We not knocking Drew, we just know what we know. I mean, look, it, it's not knocking. It's not knocking Drew Russell when Drew even said it himself. Uh, I I encourage everybody, like for anybody that's getting mad at me or probably just, they that I'm just hating on Drew, I encourage you to go check out the interview that Drew did when it was at the golf classic out there in New Orleans. And he talked about how he was limited. He talked about it. He talked about how he didn't have every tool in his toolbox. He said it himself. So I don't feel bad when I say that he couldn't throw the ball down the field because he said it himself. He said because of what he was going through due to his injuries, he could not do everything that he wanted to do as a quarterback. I mean, come on, man. You think it's a coincidence that every time the Saints wanted to throw the ball down the field past 20 yards, here comes Taysom, here comes Jameis? Oh, it, it was just a trick play. No, come on, man. Why is it that we can count probably on maybe two hands? How many times Drew Brees pushed the ball past 20 yards last season? How? You know what I'm saying? There there, there got to be some type of explanation for this. And it can't just be, oh, man, it's just just the way the scheme was. Ah, man, come on. Drew said it himself. And I get it, man. You got those uh, those guys and those individuals that pledge allegiance to Drew. But let's just call a spade a spade, man. It's absolutely nothing against Drew Brees. It's just reality. It's just reality, folks. There's nothing wrong with questioning something when, when you look at it i mean it's obvious he said it when when he comes out and said it. all opinions go out the window because he knows his body better than every single person that's in these comments watching this video or any other videos that involved the new orleans saints he knows his body so when drew says that i you gotta take it to the bank he was not himself he was not himself great quarterback forever will be the greatest new orleans saint to me but Let's just be real, folks. He, he he didn't have everything that he needed in order to get the Saints over that hump. I'm sorry. Do you think CJ can play cornerback? Manny, he already does. Manny already does. Now, now we're talking about playing on the outside. No, uh, I, I don't. Um, I think that he does really well playing uh at the line of scrimmage. I think that he uh is really good in a nickel uh corner position. Uh he's a short tackler, he's a guy that can come, you know, off the edge and if you want to uh, come on that blitz, he can get home. Um, he, he plays with very, he plays with a lot of swag and you know a lot of confidence. So yes, um, he does a really good job at the nickel corner position as well as the safety position. Look, I, when I look at CJ Garner Johnson, I see a guy who is going to be a mainstay with the New Orleans Saints. I, th- I, I see this guy in a couple of years probably going to have a C on his chest. I mean, if he stays on the straight and narrow because he plays with this edge that I feel like a lot of players at his position need to play. When you're a safety, you got to be able to play with a little bit of an edge. got to have a little bit of a screw loose, so to speak, you know, Uh, or people got to think that you have a a screw loose. I just think that this is an extremely confident guy who plays. I mean, he plays with a chip on his shoulder from the fact that where he was drafted, I think in the fourth round, he felt like he should have been drafted earlier. Uh, The fact that, you know, you know, uh, I think maybe a tackle that he missed. I think that when uh, he missed that tackle on fourth and two against the 49ers um, on George Kittle, that could have sealed the game for the Saints. I mean, all that different stuff like that. I mean, it, it built him up to this point where he is today. And then the next time when they played the 49ers, I think that probably was the best game he ever played in the Saints uniform. I mean, he was all over the field. They could not stop him. So going into his third season where he understands the defense, Another year under Dennis Allen. And also now you got the addition of Chris Richard really pushing him to be that that, that key member of the defense. The sky's the limit for CJ Garner Johnson. I like that kid a lot, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I like him a lot. I think that if the Saints had about three or four more CJ Garner Johnsons, I think you know we'll be multi-time Super Bowl champion. That guy, that guy to me is a is a mainstay. He he's slowly becoming one of my favorite New Orleans Saints. Like, slowly. Like, just the way that he carries himself, the confidence that he has. Guy's a beast, man. Guy's a beast. Eugene says, uh, do you think we still need a receiver? And uh, who? Uh, we shall go after. I think that we should trade for someone. Eugene, um, look. It's funny Eugene said this because when I was thinking about topics to do on the State of the Saints podcast on this episode, that was actually – one of the topics that i thought about um uh, should the saints uh go out and try to find another wide receiver and to answer your question no, the answer is to me is no I, I don't like i don't feel like the new orleans saints need to go out here and get another wide receiver the only reason i feel like the saints need to go out here and get themselves another wide receiver and uh, well let me let me let me let me take that back let me backtrack let me rephrase that The only reason I feel like Saints fans want the New Orleans Saints to go out and get another wide receiver is because you got a bunch of guys on the team at at the wide receiver position that you don't trust and you don't recognize. But here's the thing, man. Once upon a time, we didn't know who Lance Moore was. Once upon a time, we didn't know who Robert Meacham was. Now, we knew Devery Henderson was because of his – you know because him playing at lsu you know because blue um blue grass miracle and all that kind of stuff so we knew Devery was but we didn't know some of these guys that were on this team we didn't know who marcus colston was but the saints made it work the i think the the problem is as saints fans i think we've seen the new orleans saints wide receiver court play with a quarterback that was in the twilight of his career. And he could not make those guys stand out the way that he made a Willie Sneeze stand out, or he made a Robert Meacham stand out, or he made a Devery Henderson stand out. I, I think that's what we're seeing. And because we haven't seen this from a little Jordan Humphreys, a Jawan Johnson, or, you know, like, uh, or even a Traquan Smith to a certain extent, we start to believe that what these guys are, what we have been seeing over the last couple years is everything that we're going to get out of those guys. But here's the thing. Now you have two young quarterbacks coming in that I feel like is going to make these guys better. It's going to really show what these guys are capable of because now you have a quarterback that can play to these guys' strengths. The reason I feel like Michael Thomas stood out so much was because he can win those hand battles off the line of scrimmage. A lot of these guys don't have that power and that hand-fighting ability in order for them to win those man-to-man coverage uh, off the line of scrimmage. They, They don't have that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some guys are burners. Some guys got good footwork. Some guys can stretch the field. But what happens when you have good footwork and you can get past that guy and you can get past 10 yards, but a quarterback can't give you the football? What happens then? We as fans start to look at it and be like, "Man, what's going on with him?" Or you find Sean Payton probably making these guys decoys, and, and they're not nowhere near the primary receiver. Just for them to take the cornerback out the out the uh, equation or take the safety out of the equation to throw the ball to the guy that's probably the better route run. So to me, I just feel like the jury is still out on these guys. I can't say hey these guys don't have it or we need to go out here and try to find somebody else because i really don't know what we may be looking for we might already have the whole entire time we probably just don't know how to use it there's that's i mean you ever bought that appliance or you ever bought like that 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 tool and then all of a sudden like you start like let's just say one day you just in a garage right you're in a garage and You just start tinkering around. You see this little tool and you like, oh, man, I know that. I know this can do this. I can actually use this to do that. You ever did that or had that appliance? Man, I know if you press this button, it does this. And you find out that, dang, you know, what I'm saying I was about to go out here and and get something. But this machine that I have can compensate for what I'm trying to go out here. I'm saving money here because that's a reality, folks. When we start talking about money, when we start talking about the Saints need to save money or Saints ain't got this money man you got to be careful we got to be careful to, to, you know to really think about okay am I spending too much money am I am I looking for something that I already have I'm willing to give these guys the benefit of the doubt to see what they can do with a quarterback that can play to their stretch because they, I mean the Saints got some burners we probably don't know it because once again We haven't seen them push the ball down the field uh, you know, at a at an alarming rate, like we would see from a Kansas City or Green Bay or even you know with Jared Goff out there when he was with Los Angeles. We we're not seeing it. So because we don't see it, we feel like it doesn't exist. But you know, we got to be asking the questions: why didn't we see it? Are these guys not good enough? Or maybe the quarterback just couldn't play to their strengths. And like I said, it's no fault of Drew. I mean, for all the time, is just undefeated. It's just undefeated, man. I, I, I'm sorry, but that, that's just the reality. Joshua says, go face gorilla. TJ should have entrance music for you too. Whenever you show up in the chat. <laughs> uh, let's keep it classic. CJ gardner Johnson. Yeah, man. See, I like CJ gardner Johnson, man. I like him. I'm going to scroll down a little bit. I apologize uh, to people that make comments, but I mean, I, I talked quite a bit uh, about the last topic. So I'm going to stroll down a little bit. Feel free, uh, if you don't hear your comment, to put it, you know, copy and paste it. So maybe I, I can read them when it gets down low. I wasn't mad, TJ. I was agreeing with you. Um, I think Drew held us back too, just to be clear. Oh, uh, Russell, no, 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 no. Like, I, I just wanted to make it clear, Russell. Not so much like you'll be being, being upset with me. But there's a lot of people that feel like I, I poo-poo on their stance because maybe uh my point of view is a little bit different. Um, I just be re- I just try to help people understand that just because we may not see the things the same way doesn't mean that I, I don't value your opinion, right? I mean it's like uh Terrence. Shouts out to Terrence, man, always in the chat holding it down on Facebook as well. But I mean, he has his reservations about Taysom Hill, right? Some people, you know what I'm saying, feel like, oh, man, it's like, But at the same time, he's entitled to his opinion. And, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, it, it's not valued. So I, I want people to understand that. Your, your opinions are valued, even if, you know, your opinion I, I, I don't particularly agree with. You know, I just try to make people understand my point of view. Not that I'm trying to devalue anything. But, Russell, that, that was my whole point. You know, I just want to make that clear. Be kind. What nickname would you give C.J. Garner-Johnson and Deontay Harris? Yeah. What what nickname would y'all give uh, Deontay Harris and C.J. Garner-Johnson? Who that, T.J.? Do you think that we will uh, still see a lot of screenplays with Jameis at quarterback this year? That's a good question, Ramsey, and that's something that was brought up. uh, I think it was in an interview, or I want to say it was in an interview with Jameis, and he was talking about how he's played on teams where they didn't utilize the screen game as much, but you know, that's just something that he would have to work on, especially if it's been working all these years. So yes, absolutely. I I can't see Sean Payton taking a screen game out of the playbook. I I just don't. Uh, I I think that to me, I feel like the screen game would be extremely beneficial to Jameis, especially somebody that we have seen have issues when it came to turning the ball over. So being able to check it down, being able to utilize the screenplay, which is nothing but just an extension of the running game, uh, I think that it would it would help him a lot. So I don't see the screen game going away. Uh, but I do feel like that's something he's going to have to work on, especially if it's something that he he hasn't really done over the years. Uh, Drew Brees has done a masterful job over the years at being able to get that ball out of his hand at the, the exact right time in order for the, the the offensive lineman to be in the front of the running back in order for him to be able to spring out in order to uh you know get a big play on those screen games. So that 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 is something that you gotta work on. You gotta work on it. It, it gotta be something that you you have to continuously work on in order for it to be successful. Uh they just need to get over breeze and support Jameis. Uh, Drew Dunn uh had a great career for us and won us a Super Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, look, when somebody gives you that type of success, Eugene, it's hard to let it go, and especially as Saints fans. I mean, there there is a level of fear that all Saints fans have, and I think that it it is, I want to say it's uh, kind of monitored or, you know what I'm saying, kind of mellowed out, okay? I feel like we would really be in panic mode if we didn't see Drew Brees get her vote over the last two years. Like, I feel like we're kind of under control, but we would be out of control if, um, if we didn't see Drew uh, not play over these last two years, because what these last two years have taught us is that the Saints can sustain success without Drew. If Drew was the Iron Man that he has been since he got to the Saints over the last 15 years, then I feel like we would be scared to death because we don't know what to expect, you know, we we seen the Saints win with Teddy Bridgewater. We seen the Saints win with Taysom. Okay? So we know that it's possible. We know that they can they can sustain success in the absence of Drew. So that puts our minds and our hearts at ease that we can do that. So but at the same time, we look at some people are just looking at it like, "Okay, that was 5 games, wasn't 17. There were 4 games. It wasn't 17." Right? That's the way they're looking at what's going to happen week after week, after week, things change, right? You know, schemes change, situations change. What are we going to do? So I get it. But at the same time, there's nothing we can do about it except root for this team. There's nothing we can do about it. I mean, Drew Brees is gone. And that's, that's what we just have to deal with. We didn't want it. You know, we're hurt by it. We, you know what I'm saying? We love him for everything he's done in the Saints uniform but there's nothing that we can do about it anymore. It's to move on and trust the process of Sean Payton and his coaching staff to put a team in place in order for us as fans to be able to hold our head up high, have confidence that this team will be successful. So, I, I mean, that's just the way it, it has to be. Uh, let's see. Mike says, "Uh, I love and miss Drew, but he absolutely cost us. He was selfish for playing uh, with so many limitations. Uh, Mike, Oh man, that's uh, that's tough right there. That's some tough love that Mike just uh put out there. But here's the thing um, Drew Brees is a warrior, okay? Um, he's a football player, he's a tough guy. Um, when guys love the game, when they're passionate about the game, when they want to win at all costs, sometimes guys don't make the best decisions, sometimes they just want to just go out there and just give it the old college try, as I often say on the show. Um, Drew Brees, to me, just tried to leave it all on the field. And he did. He gave us everything he had. That, that's one thing we can agree as Saints fans. This guy gave us every single ounce of talent and ability that he had. Two, he couldn't do it anymore. And I respect him for that. I also agree that Drew Brees deserved to go out um, you know, on his own. You know, on his on his own shield. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's just me. You know, do I feel like he came back too early? Absolutely. I said it. Um, I, I just feel like if uh that was uh, you know, I, I want to say Chad Henning. If Chad Henning was the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs in that game when they played the Chiefs, I don't think Drew Brees would have came back. I look at Drew Brees looking at that being his only opportunity to go up against Patrick Mahomes because he knew he was gonna retire. And I feel like he came and played in that game. I feel like he rushed himself back because he wanted that opportunity to go toe to toe with the guy that a lot of people are considering the future of the National Football League. So in that regard, do I look at it as being selfish? No, I just look at him like. Well, I take that back. I do think it was a tad bit selfish. Um, Nah, nah, I won't say selfish, egotistical. I think it was a little bit of an ego thing, Um, but at the end of the day he earned that right man he earned that right i mean because i mean (laughs) if drew missed some games in the past like we would be somewhere like falling all over the place so he deserved it man because he gave us everything that he had do i like it no do i feel like the saints have squandered some great opportunities at a super bowl championship absolutely but i mean he earned that right he earned the right to go out on his own the way that he wanted to go out in a blaze of glory didn't happen but that's the way that that's the way it is sometimes rudy said let's be honest with or without drew with showing at the helm will take the saints to the promised land i agree i agree uh let's see play action will be our style of offense james is going to be cooking kamara will have the most receiving yards in his career hey it might he might. Deontay Sneezy Harris. <laughs> oh, man. Sneezy Harris. I, I, don't, I don't know about that one, man. Steve says this is going to be a transition year. By transition, what do you mean, Steve? Elaborate on that for me, my friend. Uh, Deontay, I just run under your legs if you get in my way, Harris. A <laughs> little bit of a, a long uh, nickname, but okay. Uh, Rudy says I'm willing to bet that Coach Payton can take a uh, no-name bench warming uh, and turn him into an elite championship-winning quarterback. I think some talent has to be there. You know, I think some talent has to be there too. You know, I don't think that he can just take, you know, just a you know a random quarterback that, that's not very good and just turn him into a playoff contender. I think you have to have some ability and some skill somewhere in order for you to get, uh, you know, some type of success with Coach Payton. Uh, do you think Jameis Winston can feel Drew Brees' shoes? I'll play in the best uh of his ability. Do I feel like he can feel Drew Brees' shoes? That remains to be seen. Uh, but I do feel like to me, Jameis Winston has the the capability of being a really good quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Uh in in a lot of ways, Jameis Winston is a more gifted quarterback than Drew Brees is. I mean, he's he has more arm strength, he has better, you know uh mobility uh you know he's able to stretch the field in, in ways that even drew couldn't do you know drew was just so good because drew knew his limitations and he just worked around them you know james has so much god-given ability that sometimes you know he he is what i like to call an arrogant thrower like he's so good and so athletically gifted that he just feels like he can because he can make all the throws he tries to make all the throws and you know that I mean a lot of the passes that he throws sometimes can be a tad bit ego dripping, which I can understand because I mean if you got all this talent, all this ability, you're like, okay, I can make that throw. So he has a lot of talent, a lot, lot more quarterback talent than even Drew had, in my opinion. Now when I'm talking about skills, I ain't talking about like you know just just some of the things that Drew possessed because Drew was able to take everything he had and turn it into an elite Hall of Fame career, you know, but all the tools and talent that Jameis has, I have to say that even he has more tools in his toolbox <laughs> than Drew Brees has. uh Now, nah, Saints have been in a bad way before. I remember, yes, before Drew, everything changed. Yeah, but, I mean, we can't just keep on holding on to that, be kind, and, and thank you so much for being a supporter, my friend. But we just can't keep on holding on to that. Like, I get it, man. Look, I mean, it was some dark times. I mean, it, look, this ain't my first rodeo you know i've been a saints fan as long as i can remember but look, we we can't just so you can't just focus on the past like that and we got to have trust in the team got to have trust in the coaching staff and one guy i understand he changed the way that you think but at the same time man i mean look there was a coach that was here the whole entire time that was putting this guy in a position to succeed and taking guys with limited ability and making you know making it happen so I, I just think that we just need to put a little bit more trust in in, in Sean Payton than we do. You know, I, I just want people to trust this process. You know, I, I don't want to think back. I, I mean, I'm 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 tired of it. I'm tired of it, folks. I'm tired of talking about the past, man. Back in the day, look, back in the day, we were we weren't very good. We can't have it back. We don't have a DeLorean. We can't go back to 1993 and 94. We can't. The only thing we can do is focus on the future. And the future looks bright for the New Orleans Saints. When you have all of this leadership on this team, when you have good coaches, when you have good players, when you have a good team, a good locker room, a good camaraderie, guys playing for one another, you got yourself a recipe for success. I just think that we just need to enjoy the process. I mean, we all can look at what we don't have, right? I mean, we do that all the time. You know what I'm saying? We do it from time. I don't want to say all the time, but we can do that from time to time. You know, we don't don't appreciate what we actually have in front of us because we're always looking at what we don't have. If you're always looking at what you don't have, you'll never be satisfied. But when you can do the best with what you have, you'll find yourself with unlimited satisfaction. You'll be unlimitedly satisfied because you know for a fact what you're dealing with right now is only the starting point to get you where you need to be. We as Saints fans, we have to think that way. We got to think like that. And I get it, man. You know what I'm saying? Your your friends telling you, oh, man, y'all ain't going to do nothing. Y'all ain't going to win. You know what I'm saying? It's over. Drew Brees, don't. Y'all ain't going to do nothing. And some of us, you know, like we we really start to think about that because we've been Saints fans for a long time and we haven't seen anything that resembles success without him. But I mean, like I said, just have an appreciation over the last couple of years of what you have seen as a Saints fan. Success. Winning football that didn't involve number nine and that's all we have been asking for for years think about this when the saints was struggling defensively over the last couple of years we was like man we ain't had drew in nothing man they need to do something they need to give drew some help and then when they do now all of a sudden we like oh man all hope is lost come on man come on that don't make sense not to me it does it doesn't make sense to me trust the process that's all i'm saying trust the process i feel like sean payton wasted one of the best defenses he had because he in love he in love with drew Brees. uh no i really don't i really don't feel that way uh when when somebody here's the thing man when somebody sees that one player has been their primary cause for success over the years it's hard to let that thing go and, and, and I, I can't blame Drew because, look, here's the thing. You bring another quarterback in, you're not going to find a quarterback that is smarter, more driven, more driven, probably more accurate, and understands the offense better than Drew. Now, you might have a quarterback that can sling that thing, but here's the thing where we don't understand the same things. And, and this is something, like I said, we have to be able to do our research in order for us to not fall for the old oopie oop right? We have to look at some of these these press conferences and and really listen to what these players are saying. When these players talk about this offensive playbook that the Saints have and how it takes years for them to develop some type of knowledge of this system, I want y'all to understand this. When we're talking about guys like Traquan and and Lil Jordan and, and, and all these other guys that come in, they only come in when, when plays are called for them, right? Think about it from the quarterback position. Think about when when Emmanuel Sanders said last year, most times you'll see six or seven different formations that offenses run. You know what I'm saying? Or different types of, you know, personnel that comes in, I want to say. Seven, six or seven uh, different personnels per game. That's what you said, personnels. He said the Saints have about 14 to 15 different personnel changes throughout the game. Now think about that, man. 14 15 different type of personnel. Can you imagine how much knowledge you have to have in order for you to go out there and play the quarterback position? So, yes, you can't go out there and have a quarterback with a stronger arm who can move around the pocket, but here's the difference, folks. How is he going to be able to execute that playbook? How is he going to be able to develop that concept? How is he going to be able to become better? You know, like it, it can be an issue. Because we'll we'll look at guys like, and I know what people are thinking. I know what you're thinking. But before I tell you what you're thinking, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and mention Manscaped real quick. <laughs> Manscaped, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, you go to Manscaped.com and you use the promo code State of Saints. You will save 20% off of your purchase. That's right, 20% off on all Manscaped products. They have some really good products that are available. So go to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code STATE OF SAINTS and you will save 20% off on all Manscaped items. And there's also free international shipping for all my all my uh, listeners and viewers that are checking us out across the pond. Shouts out to listeners in the UK and, and all across the, uh, you know, around the world. I really do appreciate that. Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. But back to what I was saying, all right? I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking about, Teddy Bridgewater, how he won five games. Fair. You're thinking about Taysom and how he won three out of the four games. Fair. But here's the difference, and I want you all to understand this. When Teddy Bridgewater first came in the game and he went up against Seattle, that was not, I repeat, it was not the offense that was Teddy Bridgewater friendly. He was still running the offense that Drew Brees ran. That's why you've seen a lot of those checkdowns off the Alvin Kamara, and you know, you've know seen a lot of the passes that were relatively like still short yardage passes what people don't remember and some of you probably do over those last five games the question on every saint fan's mind was why wasn't the saints throwing a ball down the field that that was what we're saying now we don't remember it now don't like we only remember the end result right We, we we don't remember what got us to that point in the questions that was asked the question was why wasn't teddy throwing the ball down the field Teddy was running a Drew Brees friendly type of offense. That's what it was. You know what I'm saying? Because at that particular time, he, you know what I'm saying, he wasn't ready to open up that playbook. It wasn't until the Tampa Bay game, which is about two or three games later, when we seen Teddy Bridgewater really start airing it out to Ted Ginn Jr. and throwing it to Michael Thomas and getting that ball down the field. And when he threw for those four touchdowns in the game and changed the narrative about what a lot of Saints fans thought about him he had the whole Superdome saying Teddy but it took some time in order for him to get to that point the point that I'm trying to make to you is whoever would have came in would have probably still had a tough time and would have took some time in order for them to get where they needed to be because it's such a complex offensive playbook so you're not going to find a better person to run that offense better than Drew so even if you have yourself a really good defense, you still not going to have a quarterback that is going to be able to understand situational football, understand tempo, understand where to put the players where they need to be, being able to make articles, be able to, you know, switch it out from a run to a pass. If you know that something is coming, when you know a blitz is coming, you need that, you need that general that can be able to do that. And that's what a lot of people don't understand and and. And really comprehend, it, you know, quarterbacking is is just way more than just having great arm strength and getting the ball sixty yards. You have to understand different defensive concepts. If you don't, you're going to get killed. If you don't, you're not going to be successful. I don't care if you have an arm that can throw from end zone to end zone. If you don't understand the playbook, if you can't grasp the concept, if you can't put your offensive players in positions in order for them to win their matchups you're not going to be successful. And no matter what your defense is, there's still going to be a good defense and you're still not going to be able to get the ball where it needs to be. And you're still going to be dealing with the same issues. So no, to answer your question, I don't knock Sean Payton. I don't, I don't knock Sean Payton for trying to put the best product on the field. It's hard to say that any quarterback would be better than Drew Brees, just because they can throw the ball down the field, you know, was it was it an issue throughout the season yes because it it, it eliminated the ability for the kill shot but is it like the deciding factor why the saints didn't win absolutely not no it's not no it's not I, i i don't agree with that could they could they have scored more points if they had that kill shot yes you know but at the end of the day it's not the not the entire reason i mean you know, I mean Jerry Cook did fumble, right? I mean, the Saints could have went up by ten or fourteen points. I mean, they were driving, right? He converted on a third down. That would have kept the that would have kept the drive alive. You know, so hey. I understand uh with TJ saying, but these guys are getting older, it's hard to win in this league. Yeah, it's hard to win in the league, Eugene, but at the same time, um I have to disagree with that, that that getting older. I mean, the Saints got a, a young football team here, man. Marshawn Lattimore is what, 24? Going on 25 if he haven't made 25 yet. Uh Marcus Williams, like 24 years old. CJ Garner Johnson, like 24 years old. Alvin Kamara, uh 25, I want to believe. I mean, this is a young football team. Offensive line, I mean, Ryan Roundcheck. what are he 26? I mean, <laughs> Cesar Ruiz, about 24. I mean, Eric McCoy, about 24. Andrews Pete, about 26. This is a young football team. Young football team. Now, we're talking about the leaders now. If we're talking about the leadership on the team, yeah. But I mean, that kind of comes with the territory, right? You always got those guys that are leaders on the team that's probably 30 or on the other side of 30. You always have that. But this is a young football team. I mean, with Toy Taysom, 31. Jameis, 27. It's a young team, man. I mean, look at their front, look at front four. Malcolm Ropes, what, 23, 24? Tuttle, like, 25, 26? Peyton Turner, like, 22? I mean, Cam Jordan, the oldest thing on that line, Carl Granderson, 24. Man, this is a young, <laughs> this is a young football team, man. You know, so whatever going down, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't got nothing to do with them, it ain't got nothing to do with them, Uh, you know, being old. And, and this is the way that you want it because when guys start to get in their prime, I mean, they still going to be, you know, 26, 27 years old. So this is still a young football team. man. Uh, should the Saints try to trade for Stefan Gilmore? Uh, Slim South, no, absolutely not. Too much money. He is supposed to get about $7 million, I believe, this season alone, and he's trying to get a new contract. So, no, I, I really don't. Uh, look, first off, you haven't paid Lattimore yet. And then we don't know what we got in Pulse and Debo as well as like what these other guys are. So this, this we got to be real careful with this slim South. We got to be really, really careful. We got to be careful trying to go out here finding something goes back to what I'm saying about, you know, that appliance or that garden tool that you had. We got to be careful going out here looking for something that we may have the whole dog on time. We got to be careful with that. A lot of us, you know, going back to the beginning of the show what did i say a lot of us fall into that media trap i'm not saying you slim salt but a lot of people do they fall into that trap when we start to hear guys we never heard of or guys that have never proven anything all of a sudden we get a little nervous and we're like man we need somebody that a name that we recognize so we start naming all people like gilmore we start naming people like Sherman. We start naming people like T.J. Carey. We start naming people, you know what I'm saying, that 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 can come into this, this offense or this defense that we recognize to put our minds at ease. But here's the thing. You might be looking for a guy, you know, like a Richard Sherman. You might have yourself or somebody at this particular stage is better than Richard Sherman on your team. We don't know what Paulson is. We don't know what Paulson Debo is. We don't know what Keith Washington is. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what he's going to be in year two. You know what I'm saying? We we don't know what these guys are going to be able to bring to the table. We, We don't understand because we don't, these guys are not household names and we haven't seen these guys play enough. But here's the thing. Every single year guys start to develop. Guys start to get better. For all my high school players out there, you probably started off on JV. Then all of a sudden you start lifting weights, getting a little stronger. All of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? You probably got tackled when you was in ninth grade on that on that run play, and then all of a sudden, 10 11th grade, you breaking tackles, looking like Marshawn out there because you know what I'm saying you didn't you did balked up, you didn't develop, you understand concepts, you'll be able to see the field a little bit better. What we need to start doing is is, is trusting this process. Once again, back to the, back to the statement: trusting the process, trusting the process, understanding that guys get better. So we got to be careful with that. And I don't feel like you need to go out here and overspend for uh uh, stefan gilmore because this guy wants a bigger contract so i don't you know and especially a team that is struggling to stay you know under the cap so no and and then you have to pay what you what you have right now as your number one cornerback jewel said commercial break the production is professional Uh, (laughs) i appreciate that jewel uh that's it we're watching back to the future tonight yeah it's available on netflix right now (laughs) I think, for the entire month of June. So Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3 available. And that's a cheap plug right there. you think that Netflix was paying me for that. Uh, Christopher uh, says, I think if it wasn't for our, def- our defense when Teddy Bridgewater was playing against Dallas, we would have lost, uh, went in the end zone four times and couldn't score. Thank you very much, Christopher. But once again, just like Christopher uh, just alluded to, we only remember the end result, which is five games that Teddy Bridgewater won but we don't remember the process getting us to that point, but I do. I remember the questions. I remember, are we going to be able to stretch the field? Are we going to be able to throw the ball? Why are we not throwing a deep ball? I remember those questions. I remember that. We know the playbook is different for Bridgewater. Yeah. You know, I mean, for the last few games, it wasn't for the last few games. It wasn't, I was, um, I encourage everybody to go check out that uh, Jim Trout interview I did a couple weeks ago when he was talking about when the Saints played the Cowboys. He, you know, he said that Sean Payton was like on the side looking like they lost. And he said he went over to him and he asked him the question. He said, what's wrong, coach? I just won. He said, I didn't do enough to help Teddy out tonight. And that's when he started to change things up and made the, made the offense a little bit more Teddy friendly. That's when you start to see him stretch the field a little bit more. And that's when you seen him start to uh, roll out, throw the ball down the field. But it took some time. It, it, it took some time. I like the sound of Deontay Hellhound Harris. <laughs> yeah, that do sound pretty cool. Therese said, hell yeah, but I want Richard Sherman by Chris Rashard being there and give him the understanding what Chris Rashard wants in the secondary and make everybody better. Look, Therese, I, look, I agree with you from a mentor standpoint. Excuse me. I understand it from a mentor standpoint. You you make a valid point. Uh, but I can't say from a, a play standpoint that it will solve the problem because I don't know if it will be a problem. I, I don't. I, I don't know if it will be a problem. See, it's hard for me to create a problem if I don't know a problem exists. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm okay. Why would I go out here and just add extra drama and extra uh, frustration on myself if I didn't see anything work out? Paulson Adebo, we don't know what this guy's going to bring to the table. Keep watching and We don't know how this dude is going to be able to ball. Or even some of these other young, talented players that we have at the secondary position. We have to trust what these guys are doing. Now, if it doesn't work, Tyrese, I'm all for it, my friend. I'm all for it like go out here and try to find something that works but I'm not going to say oh we need this this that net because I don't recognize what this guy is and what he's doing He's young I don't know because I see rookies come into the league and play damn good play better than some veterans on the team I think about the guy who came out of school in Louisiana uh, playing for the Kansas City Chiefs Dude was like one of the best cornerbacks in the league for about four weeks. He was leading the NFL interceptions. I want to say Sneed was his name. So we really don't know. I mean, including picking off Drew Brees. So we really don't know what guys are going to do. And this guy wasn't a household name. He wasn't well touted. I want to say he was like a third or fourth round pick. So you never know what a guy's going to be able to bring to the table. You may not know what you actually have going out here looking for things that you don't even need. And you'll find yourself overspending for a position that may not be able to, you know what I'm saying? That you be able to, you, you have the production, have the skill, the ability, and the knowledge already. Paulson Debo is a smart football player. Like every time I hear this guy talk, I'm like, man, we got something here. Because he's so knowledgeable about the game. The confidence that this kid has. The ability to be able to dissect offenses and, and you know what I'm saying, the schemes and understand defensive uh patterns and, in different type of formations i mean for a guy to be that young it's pretty incredible to watch for him to be able to dissect defenses like the way that he does and and being able to play on the inside and outside that's something that the saints have been missing for a long time long time so i can't fall into that trap about and being in panic mode or feeling like i got to go out here and find something just yet i'm most excited to see the o line especially mccoy Ruiz, and pete uh they know they have a lot to prove after not winning a title with a hall of fame quarterback yeah we'll see man more emphasis on the run will be able to help them out a lot uh and hopefully these guys uh, be up to the task when it comes to pass protection this team is built for winston not to have to throw the ball all uh, a million times we have a strong running game we have a strong offensive line we have good defense, and most of all, we have the most successful coach in our history. Relax and trust it, and trust it when in doubt, trust it again. I agree. It's hard for me to panic about something I haven't seen yet. I'm seeing a lot of Yucks fans saying the Saints window is closed. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't expect for them to think that the Saints window is open. uh That probably would make them Saints fans if they were. But, you know, look, if they just think that, oh, you know, Tampa is just going to be, you know, the team. And look, all I'm saying is this, man. Everybody just can't have a Hall of Fame, multi time Super Bowl quarterback fall into their lap like that. You know, I mean, I mean, enjoy it while y'all can, man. And then this year, you're getting everybody's best shot. So my advice to you is to, man, man keep your words, you know, soft and sweet. You might have to eat them. But I don't expect for them to sit up here and be like, oh, man, y'all window open. But trust and believe, man. You're like, Saints ain't going out without a fight. As a true Saints fan, I'm ready for a new era, and I'll call us a rated next generation Saints. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, it's it it's a new era for the New Orleans Saints. They're turning a the page, and I'm excited to see it. How can you not trust Peyton? He makes stars out of nobodies. Uh. I don't want to say that, I don't want to call him nobodies. I just want to say that he utilized the strengths of uh, unheralded players. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's he's a guy that get the best out of guys that you don't really see. I don't want to say nobodies. I don't like I don't want to call him nobodies. I, I, I want to say he get the best out of players that you know that are unheralded. I, I will say that. I feel like the player uh, Happy Drew uh, gone. I really do. Uh, I don't want to say they Happy Drew gone. I don't want to say they're happy. That, that, I, I think they they love Drew. But I, I do think that, look, guys know. Guys, guys won't come out here and say it, but they talk behind closed doors. And they, and they knew. They knew he was limited. You know what I'm saying? They knew what he was limited. They knew what he was able to bring to the table at that particular time. But I don't want to say they wish he was gone. But I think a lot of them embracing this change, and a lot of them are excited about it, including the coaching staff. They don't remember when Mike Digger coached the Saints. <laughs> uh Look, I think they do. I think they remember that. And I think that's what scares a lot of people. Don't scare me, though. You know, I'm not I'm not afraid. Facts, TJ. I always tell people at one time, our best player was a kicker back then. The great Morgan Anderson. Yeah, and the great name. <laughs> yeah, man. Um Yeah, Morton Anderson was the best player, but... Like I said, I mean we can go ahead and we can dig in the crates and look back, but I would rather look forward, man. You know, looking back ain't going to do nothing, you know. People look back to try to legitimize their own franchises over yours, right? So they'll talk about how the Saints wasn't very good back then, but hey, I mean, look, we can't take look, we can't have the nineties back, you know. No, you know, we're not going to be walking around with flat tops and guest jeans. <laughs> you know, like this, this is a new this is a new generation, man. I mean, those have been long gone, you know. What I'm saying those are the days of yesteryear that are irrelevant, you know. It's irrelevant, but I'm just you know, I, I look towards the future, and I feel like the future is bright for the Saints. I'm gonna read a few more, I'm gonna scroll down, folks. And I apologize for this. I see a lot of comments that I missed, I apologize for that. I'm just gonna scroll down a little bit. I think we had a donation from uh Tim, thank you very much for the five dollars Canadian. It says yo, TJ, genuine question we had Teddy for the 2020 season as a starter how far you think uh we could have gone uh for the 2020 season how far you I think we could have gone um I think that to me mm, I don't think we would have won everything I don't think we would have won the whole thing I don't think we would have won a Super Bowl I think we probably would have lost the same game we lost to uh, in a divisional round, I think we would have beat the Bears, and I think we would have lost uh to the Bucks. Man, I, I mean that's just me. Um, I, I feel like the, I, I feel like the Bucks at that particular time they were so hard to beat. Like you basically had to play perfect football. Um, do I feel like the the scrambling, rolling out dynamic could have helped? Yes. Um, but I also seen the Buccaneers like, you know shut down and neutralize one of the greatest throws of the football than Aaron Rodgers. So hard for me to say, Oh, if they had a quarterback with better arm strength and being able to roll out and stuff, that would have helped because it didn't help green Bay, you know? So I feel like it would have been the same result to me. It would have been the same result, you know? RJ Mason says what they say about Drake Kirkpatrick, T.J. We ain't signed him. Did we Nah, we didn't sign him. He left without a contract. I want one of those caps, TJ. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get some of these uh these hats real soon. Try to work on that, man. Once uh, you know, just start to once I uh start to be able to uh you know get a manufacturer that I can just constantly be able to ship out hats, um, I, I give y'all the information, you know, and let y'all know how y'all can purchase them. But I just need a, a person that can create these type of hats consistently to a point where I can actually ship them out. Uh, do you remember when the Washington football team signed all over them? Uh, over the hill Pro Bowlers? <laughs> yeah, I remember that, man. I, I remember that. Uh just it-, it didn't work out for them. It didn't work out for them. Um now it did work out for them one time now. When they had back in the I want to say the eighties, when they had what they called the over the hill game <laughs> with John Riggins in them. <laughs> they had the over the hill game when they used to do that that whack when you think about it in modern day times, that whack touchdown dance when they it- When they all just jump up in there and give each other a high five, like uh, horrible. But yeah, I mean, it worked out for him the first time, not the second time. (laughs) People act like this, the old Richard Sherman, if he still what he was, he wouldn't even be available. Uh, Eugene, look, I agree with that. Uh, Look, when a guy is dealing with a Achilles injury and then he's on the other side of 30, makes him less appealing. Uh, But what he will lack in ability at this stage of his career, he makes up for his knowledge and his and his leadership. So I do understand uh, what people wanting him to be in the locker room because of that dynamic. It'll work. But um, for us to just feel like he just about to come out here and just channel his inner Seattle Seahawks from 2012. I I don't see that, folks. I don't see it. Uh, You good. Uh, Now, uh, how does this nickname sound? C.G. Uh, J. The Reaper. Um, yeah, I mean, sound pretty good to me. I don't see nothing wrong with that, the Reaper. You're exactly right. Ed Reed is from Louisiana. Jerry Poore giving a who that to Reginald Porter. Giving a shout out to Chemo from Ghostface Griller. Chemo responding back. Eugene says, I'd rather these hungry undrafted players than these overpaid free agents. You know those uh, young players will play hard because they're trying to get a bag. Eugene, and not only that, look, when the Saints have something special here. They, they have a lot of guys in this organization who grew up together. And by grew up, I mean, like, developed in the NFL at the same time. Like, you look at people like uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, guys like that. They, I mean, they've been in the secondary together their whole entire career. So it's almost like a brotherhood here. P.J. Williams, I mean, he was here with them the the whole time. Then you ask CJ Gardner-Johnson going into his third season. These guys have grown up together. Even on the defensive line, these guys have grown up together. And, and, And when, just like this show, you know what I'm saying, not to sound corny, but a lot of us have been part of this show since the beginning, right? And I hear this all the time. I see it in the chats. I see it in the comments. People will say, man, it's like a family. And you you begin to start to have an emotional investment in a person's success. You start to recognize those people, and you want to be able to play for them. You want to be able to do things for them in order for them to succeed. And I feel like that's something that the Saints actually have. Like when I look at the Saints team, I don't really see bitterness and jealousy. I don't see malice. I don't see anger. Even when a guy gets benched or they, they tell him go sit on the sideline, you are seeing guys dap each other and holding each other up and giving each other confidence. You see uh, when CJ Garner Johnson on the field, you see Alvin Kamara trotting out here. This is an offense and a defensive player. You know, like, you know, I mean, Alvin Kamara out there telling the man, come on, man, we got a game to win. When you, you when you grow up with a guy, when a guy is in a locker room, when you're seeing this guy every day, when you're hanging out with this guy, you begin to develop a friendship, a camaraderie, a kinship. And that, that turns into a family atmosphere so i just feel like that's what the saints have going and you know when you're playing for the guy next to you and i look everybody playing for money right everybody playing for money everybody trying to take care of themselves everybody trying to live the best life trying to take care of the family trying to create generational wealth but when you get out there on that field you're playing for the brother next to you and that's something I feel like the Saints have done an outstanding job with getting guys that understand that. Understand that it's it's not just about me. Like, I'm good. I'm going to do my part. But I want to help this other guy get better, too. I'm going to pat this guy on the back. I'm going to encourage him. That's when you have something that a lot of teams don't have. And that's championship football. Show some love on the state of the game, TJ. <laughs> Yeah, look, State of the Game podcast uh, live right now. You know, every time uh, State of the Saints podcast is live, the State of the Game is live. So, you all check out the State of the Game podcast. Subscribe to that as well. I like PJ. uh, uh, He be. Um, I don't know, PJ Williams. As long as he has safety, he cool with me. Can we please not be so quick to throw Jameis under the bus if he has a couple of bad games, get a brother a chance? I think people are ready for that, but I'm look. I'm willing to give him a chance, you know. But I don't even know if he's gonna have bad games. He might come out there balling out. We don't know. I just uh, like I said, we got to stop expecting the worst. Do yourself a favor. Stop, you know. Stop just expecting the worst. Expect the best. PJ is very versatile. Uh, he can play corner and safety, and I feel like he loves playing for us. Also, yeah, you have to man keep on getting all these one year contracts. Have I been here since the beginning? I honestly don't know. I feel like I started watching within a few a uh, few months or two, uh, little. Yeah, it probably was. You know, I mean, look, the State of Saints podcast. Uh, I, I say start to really start to make traction. I want to say maybe like February of 2019. That's when I start to like see people like really checking it out, and it really like got on a, another level during the pandemic. You know, like probably like August, probably like August of last year is like when the State of the Saints podcast like really took off and really like gained momentum. And when people like start to recognize it and people start to weirdly like recognize me for doing it. Like, it was, it, you know, but. I don't know, man, like I, <laughs> it, it just it's just such a fun show to do. I, I love doing this podcast. And I enjoy it, man. You know, I just I, man, look. Like, Y'all, y'all just don't know how, how much I enjoy doing this podcast. Like it, it's so fun to do, to be able to talk about my favorite football team, my hometown team. Uh man, and, and shouts out to my mom. Like she always calls me after every show. Um, if she don't fall asleep, you know. <laughs> and she uh often like tells me about, oh man, the show was just so good. And I enjoy when you did this. And and she talks about like no matter you know what the topic is, it can be saints oriented. It can be life oriented how everybody just kind of stays on top, like I did a sh- a live show Saturday. I mean it wasn't really saints related um it was just basically about you know people wanting to start a podcast or a business, and it was just me talking. I was just outside, and I was just talking, and um, you know, I just enjoyed doing shows like that, you know, I enjoyed talking saints talk. It's a great show, love doing it. let me see i I agree. We have a great locker room. We don't give Sean enough credit for that. No, we don't. He is a student of the game. Antonio, uh, I, man, I don't know if you're talking about me or you're talking about somebody else. But if you're talking about me, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Jameis still has a uh, first round talent. He needs a OC that calls plays geared to him. I think he's going to happen to Sean Payton and uh, Sneaky Pete Carmichael. TJ did the Saints pick uh everything uh needed on defense? Yeah, for the most part. We said we said they needed a linebacker, they got Pete Warner, said they need a cornerback, they got Paulson Debo. So you say we need they need a wide receiver, they got Kawhi Baker. So to me, yes they did. Happy Father's Day to you brothers of the Houdat Nation. Yeah, man, uh, Father's Day is uh Sunday. Yeah, man. Uh happy Father's Day, you know, to everybody. But we'll have a show before then. We'll be able to, you know, talk a little bit more about that. But thank you, Ernest. I asked earlier, TJ, uh, who do you think starts opposite defensive tackle of your Uh Shy Tuttle. Uh Shy Tuttle would be uh my choice. <laughs> my mom says I'm up. <laughs> well, it's good to know. Yeah, shouts out to my mom who's uh who's here. I think they're going to uh, be a lot of Jameis and uh, Taysom at quarterback. We'll see. We'll see, Steve. I'm not a fan of that. Um, I think that you just need to pick a starting quarterback role with it. Whoever's the backup, be the backup. If it's Taysom, then put him back in his Swiss Army role. Hey, TJ, who on the Saints deserves the nickname Voodoo? Mm, I don't know. Good question. I say CJ Garner-Johnson. Uh because when you think about it, right? Uh voodoo is uh more of a psychological thing, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, things get in your head and all that kind of stuff. I mean, wh- who better uh to get into the head of the opponent CJ Gardner Johnson? Who who's better at talking people out their game and having them days to confused? than CJ Gardner Johnson? So yeah, it would be him. <laughs> yeah, CJ Voodoo Johnson, Gardner Johnson or whatever. Yeah. yeah I, I will pick him. TJ, remember to make uh so I can send uh skills fluxly. Okay. Uh let's see. Uh I see I've gotta choose my words carefully, but nobody I meant undrafted free agents. Uh players, uh, no one knows. That's all. Anna, look, no, no, no. Uh look, you're like I said, you're entitled to your opinion. I I just don't want to call somebody a nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't want to do that, man. I I I don't I don't want to do it, Anna, because Look, even though some of these guys may not be what the Saints want them to be, they still are, are players and they still have done something very few people have done, and that's made the National Football League. So even though it doesn't work out and maybe these guys aren't as, as good as others and maybe they're just not a good fit, I don't want to just say they're nobodies. Uh, but uh, what, what Anna, back to what you were saying, yes, uh, Sean Payton does do a good job with guys that are unheralded, guys that we don't expect. To be as good as they were, but he gets the best out of them. You know, I, I do agree with that, but I'm I just, I, I can't call somebody a nobody, right? Especially like you know, you're in the NFL. Look, I don't care if you played for one game, one minute, like, or even like just made a team in general, you've done something that very few players have been able to do. And a lot of us, you know what I'm saying, in some ways, wish that we could be, wish we could play in the National Football League. Tim, uh, thank you very much for the $5. Says, uh found TJ after the Nola, no call, kept me from serious depression, and I'm not even from Nola. <laughs> Tom, thank you very much for the $5. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a that was a tough time right there. Tough time uh to be a Saints fan. We had some rough moments, man. We had some rough moments, but we're still here, man, with that same fire and that same passion as we did the first day we joined the Who That Nation. Uh, I like that hat. I need one. Yeah, I'm going to have to make up. I'm going to have to find a way to create some of these hats. Uh, how many games uh, do you think we will win this year? I feel like 11 or 10. Um, I was more on a 11 and 6 train. You no, know, I was on like 11. I, I think they're going to win double-digit games. I think they're going to win double-digit games. And we're going to go ahead and uh, finish it up. Blake uh, says, PFF, uh, I assume you're talking about pro football focus. Oh, okay, this this makes more sense. David Alumada is the most underrated D-tackle in the league, and I'm glad he's the one I think. He can be top three defensive tackle. He loves getting to the quarterback, and he's a monster uh, in his own right. Seven sacks last year accordingly. Uh, Paxton uh, woke up, up out of his sleep. A um, little dazed and confused uh, himself. <laughs> but uh yeah, Blake, uh yeah, Dave Alyamada is extremely yeah, he, he's extremely uh underrated. The Saints should be lucky that they signed him to that three year deal the way that they did, because if he would have played like this and he was going into a contract year, I don't think he'll be on the team. I, I really don't. I really don't. Green Bay going to uh to stamp uh the season. Hope oh, so, you know. Uh well you're talking about start the season. I assume you're saying start the season. Yeah, man, they got a lot of issues going on in Green Bay. Hey TJ, I bet if Jameis has a good season, that restaurant around New Orleans has a Jameis Crab leg plaid. Oh, absolutely. I already said that. I already, I already, I already put that into the atmosphere. Can you imagine? Like honestly, now can't man, bro every every seafood restaurant in New Orleans is gonna have a, a Jameis Crab leg special. Seriously, I find it ironic, you know, like uh, the irony of this, you know, for a a guy, you know, for that to happen to him and him to do that, and all of a sudden you come to a a team that is known in a city that is known for seafood, like that sells itself. You know, Blake says the first video I seen was to put some respect on Drew Brees name. Oh, man. Yeah, that that was a long time ago right there. I don't even think I was behind the camera on that one. Thank you, Blake. I appreciate. There's a lot of people that that follow the State of the Saints podcast. Have been following it for years. They just don't comment. I see. I see that all the time. People, you know, are not in the chat. But there's a lot of supporters of the State of the Saints podcast who've been been rolling for a long time. And I understand that people, you know, a lot of people don't like to be behind. You know, don't like to be behind the screen or like to chat. But I, I appreciate I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Even you checking it out for one minute. 10 minutes, the whole show. I appreciate that. Kicks uh says uh we should have a show specially talking about what we think CJ Garner Johnson said to particular people. Well, I always wonder what did he say to uh Le'Veon uh <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I really don't know. I don't know what he said to him. Uh, but speaking of Le'Veon Bell, um I don't know how many chances Le'Veon Bell gonna actually get in the National Football League. Uh, I know he has some comments to say about, uh, Andy Reed talking about he'll never play for Andy Reed and Andy Reed lied to him and all that kind of stuff about him playing. Look, there's a lot of people that you can go after Andy Reed to me, uh, shouldn't be one of them. the the opportunities and the chances that Andy Reed has given to, um, uh, to players, uh, to me, like, I feel like you barking up the wrong tree, bro. If you can't get along with Andy Reed, I don't know who you can get along with. But I just think that Le'Veon Bell is just a little bit of entitled. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that uh, he he is, to me, I just feel like he just believes his own hype. And, and justifiably, so he's a really good running back. But you got to have a level of humility about yourself, man. And you got to understand that it's not about you. And to me, I really feel like Le'Veon Bell going to the Jets showed me that he wanted to really be about him. Because if you really wanted to win, if you really wanted to be a championship contender, why the hell would you go to the Jets? I'm like, no disrespect to the Jets fans out there. Shouts out to my brother-in-law. You know, I knew he a big Jets fan. He probably checking it out. He he up at night. But at the same time, (laughs) I'm just messing with you, Ricky, if you're watching this, man. But (laughs) but you know that you're not going to win if if you're with the Jets, you know, like because they were a train wreck. To me, if you wanted to win, you would have tried to find an organization with a winning atmosphere that would have still been able to give you some cheddar. But he didn't. So with that decision shows me that he cares more about himself than the actual common goal, which is a Super Bowl championship. Then you go to a team and you should just be happy. Like you want, you know, well, you didn't win the Super Bowl, but you actually got opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Like you went to the Jets, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, that's like going from the outhouse to the penthouse in one fell swoop. And you complain about that, man. Which look, I just think that he has a lot of selfishness about himself. And um, I just think that he just needs to check himself, man. You know, I, I really do. I, I I just feel like he's squandering all of that talent. Like eventually you're gonna to start to get older and people ain't gonna to wanna to deal with you. And a lot of people probably raising their eyebrows right now because. Like, they're looking at Andy Reid. This is the same Andy Reid that signed Michael Vick after the dogfighting charges, and he spent two years in prison. Like, this is the same Andy Reid when people wanted him to run Diamond McNabb out of town. He he rode with him almost to the very end. Like, this is the same Andy Reid that took a chance on T.O. when everybody thought that he was a team obliterator. This is the same guy that you're trying to tell everybody that he's not a good coach. Like, there's a lot of things you can say about Andy Reid. Uh, being a good man and a good coach ain't one of them I ain't never heard nobody say nothing negative about Andy Reid ever you know and, and as long as Andy Reid has been coaching football all, all I can remember a, a, as a as a child is Andy Reid coach I ain't never heard nobody say nothing bad about Andy Reid ever 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 a, and as long as I've been watching football so I don't know man I don't know Eugene thank you very much for the $15 I appreciate that brother uh let's see I'm trying to see I want to I don't want to just end that on Le'Veon Bell Slim says whether we agree or disagree on things that's what makes a great podcast like this appreciate it keep up the great work Slim South thank you so much and that's what it's all about man i by no means believe that I have all the answers I'm not sway I don't have all the answers okay uh but you know I just try to give my opinion I value everybody else's opinion even if we like we don't see eye to eye on certain topics that's what makes this show so great, man. That's what that makes the show so great. If we all were just in agreement, you know, of, of every single thing, how, how exciting would this show be? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want an amen corner. I don't want that. I want people to do challenge my way of thinking. I want people to be able to, you know, have a point of view. Stand on it. Even if, you know what I'm saying, I don't agree, we can go back and forth with, with my take, your take. I'm fine with that. Some people you know they they don't have their egos in check you know what I'm saying like they 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 feel like their ego is based on their knowledge and if somebody discredit what they're saying oh that that, that that's a shock to the ego no like you know that's that's not the way to go and you know what I'm saying I'm not want to sit up here and act as if I didn't always feel that way you know what I'm saying I, I was like extremely emotional behind it my wife would tell you you know what I'm saying like my wife is uh you're like why you always do that like at the beginning like I was the wait, you know, so I was the one looking in the comments and trying to go back and forth. for my wife. Like, why are you doing it? Like, if you're comfortable with yourself, comfortable with what you're saying, why are you doing it? So it, it did take some growth, but I don't feel like that. Should be your driving force, like if you're starting a podcast, that's why, you know, I tell people that want to start a podcast, like you got to put your emotions out the window because you're going to interact with individuals that may not see the world the way that you do. Rather, you know, what you're talking about, rather it's political or rather it's sports, uh, rather it's life in general, rather it's relationship, goals, or whatever, whatever you're trying to start, you're gonna have people out there that may not agree with what you're saying. And you gotta be okay with that. You gotta be content with that, and you gotta be comfortable within yourself in order for you to uh have success as a podcaster. And 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 success, I'm not talking about a bunch of views, I'm talking about personal success when you wake up in the morning knowing that you gave your all and you know where you're going that type of success not a whole bunch of views staying true to yourself loving what you do and valuing and respecting other people's opinion that's the recipe for success in, in podcasting to me but i want to say thank you all for checking out the state of the saints podcast it's been a great show um and if you agree that ha- it has been a great show go ahead and give your boy a thumbs up go ahead and give your boy a Golden thumbs up. Uh let everybody know that you enjoyed the State of the Saints podcast. And if you have not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. YouTube.com search the State of the Saints podcast. Facebook.com search the State of the Saints podcast. You already know previous episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And I, I encourage everybody that is a part of social media that has an Instagram account. I encourage you all to check out the brand new State of the Saints podcast instagram account that's available i ask that you follow the state of the saints podcast on instagram um it, it has more than one follower as of right now it has about about 60 or 65 but i'm really asking you all for those that have an instagram account to please uh, help the state of the saints podcast grow um on instagram also state of saints is also on twitter so for those that have a twitter account is under the same name as state of saints and State of Saints on Instagram. So please help your boy out. I I, I encourage you all to check it out. For those that have Instagram account, I know a lot of people may not follow Instagram, but if you do, please support. Uh, Thank you all so much. Uh, Have a good night, morning, evening, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that.